Welcome to Thriving in Business and Life. I'm Christopher Harding. And I'm Will Wilkinson. Our last program was on empowerment. You know, what are the steps we need to take to really create an environment where people thrive? Yeah, and today we're going to talk about taking action. Uh, Nothing happens unless we take action. But that doesn't mean that all we should do is make a to-do list. Right, right. Well, let's uh, let's let's kind of make the distinction there. So, one of the things we talk about is, f- for one, um, the balance between preparation and action. It reminds me of what a mentor once told me that luck is what happens when excellent preparation meets extraordinary opportunity. Right. I mean, both are obviously required. Our interest is finding out what the balance is and where we need to adjust. Yeah, you know, I I heard someone say one time, they gave a great illustration of the uh, example you just used. They said, some people are ready, fire, aim, Mm -hmm. and other people are ready, aim, aim, aim. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a perpetual student. Right. Can't get out of college. Right. And then all of us, I mean, I'm guilty of this sometimes, eternal editing. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, so, you know, as you think about this, when we think about preparation, um, We've talked about vision, right, and uh, making sure that we have a, a, a clear aim as to what we want, uh, see it, you know, say it, say it, see it, feel it. Mm-hmm. We've talked about experience the results now. We've talked about inclusion and making sure that, you know, our stories are aligned with what our goal is, that we don't have biases in the way. I mean, all those are things for preparation, right? Mm-hmm. So... If we've done that, how is it that we move from preparation to informed, uh, you could say appropriate action? Well, if we think of driving, especially in an unusual uh, environment, these days it's really helpful to have a GPS. Right. On our trip to Canada, we, we were using our phones to navigate here and there. So in other words, you want to have a guidance system. So what is the guidance system that takes us out of preparation into action? We advocate it's the feeling of what the vision is going to accomplish. So if we can really get in touch with that feeling, how, how am I going to feel when I've achieved whatever it is I'm aiming for, when I reach my destination? Then that feeling acts like a guidance system. That's a compass that I can use to steer me through the various actions I take, because I'm going to be faced with all kinds of decisions. Do I go left? Do I go right? Do I act this way? Do I do it now? Do I wait? And tuning into that feeling, it's really uncanny how sensitive we can get to knowing what to do relative to that emotional guidance system. So that emotional guidance system, I guess, also is is part of what I hear you saying, just from our past conversations about this, is that it's also fueling our motivation. It's a totally different kind of motivation. Often motivation is, I should do this. Right, It's kind of a rational thing, but... You know, if it's a duty, nobody likes to be should upon. It's a little joke we often <laughs> right. repeat, but it's true. So this is a very different kind of motivation. It's not, well, I know I should do this because I, I really want those results. It's not enough to even want the results. If we have tasted the feeling that those results will give us, we're far more motivated. That yeah. keeps us going through the times when otherwise we backslide. Now, you know, it's it's kind of like otherwise creating a goal without this regular revisiting the feeling. Um, like like we've said, live in the vision yeah. and regularly check in with reality to make sure we're still on course. I mean, it, it would almost be, to use your analogy, like 
okay, I programmed the destination into my GPS, and I don't check it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I well, just start going forward. Yeah, and also, as any of us who use GPS knows, it's not infallible. <laughs> right, right. If we are targeting for the heart of the city and we notice a lot of trees <laughs> and lonely roads, we might want to check whether we've got the right destination. <laughs> yeah, there's been plenty of... Uh, and this this will be hard for you, I know, because it's a story about an Apple product that went wrong, but... <laughs> oh, no. Impossible. <laughs> the trouble that people have with Apple Maps, it's, it's kind of famously takes people down um, erroneous lanes. <laughs> yeah, well, the real point here is that let's just think of it as an either-or. And we don't like simplifying things that way, but just for the sake of this, either we can aim at an external goal and stick to it, come hell or high water, right? or we can create an external goal, associate it with a feeling, the reward, the emotional reward we'll get for achieving it, and use that as our guidance. Now, the difference is things change. Right. We, we're not perfect, so the goal that we envisioned may be a placeholder. Right. But the feeling is what we want. We want to feel freedom. We want to feel fulfilled, gratitude, whatever it is. That's not a placeholder. That is what we want. So if we cue to that, then we're less likely to cling to the external goal. That's where you get the whole command and control style. We're going to reach this goal no matter what. Team, get in line. We're going to do it. Well, maybe things have changed. Yeah, yeah, and we've we've had uh, numerous stories in our book, for example, of of organizations who did it both ways, and the result is dramatically different. Now, one of the things when you're talking about this this feeling motivation and how it acts as a compass and a motivator um, is you've you know use the illustration of the the old Mattel toy the slinky uh, the slinky right <laughs> <laughs> so describe what how the slinky effect relates to motivation and taking action well if our listeners are old enough to remember the slinky uh, and if you ran it down the stairs the way you and I both did you'll remember this really fun effect where the front of the slinky goes down a step and then the back follows it it's really fun to watch the way the metal kind of gleams as it goes down. It's inevitable that if you start the slinky down the step, the front part, the back part will catch up. So using this as a metaphor, the front part is the vision. This is where we're going, our destination, what we want to experience. The back end are the results. That is what is connected to our action. Right, and so if we're going to you know, pull that all the way so that that vision and the feeling of it is what is the front end of that, that spring, right? Yeah. That's that slinky spring. And, you know, the the tail end is the results showing up and, and in between is all the connected action exactly. that pulls that result right into the future. Yeah, and we're willing to take those actions even sometimes when they're not that enjoyable because we're in touch with the results. That's the motivation. Well, so I guess, you know, I, I've been using this more and more just as we become you know, talking about it and training about it. And it's it's something I, I had been familiar with in years past, but have become increasingly familiar with, uh, particularly since you and I got on this this whole idea of, of feeling. And as you said, it's it's kind of like having gained a new compass. Uh, I, I had a, an interesting situation the other day where I was getting ready to have a meeting with somebody and I, I, I had an agenda. I, I knew what the, the tasks were that uh, you know I wanted to accomplish and that we had agreed to accomplish. 
But I stop for a minute and, and just ask myself the question, well, why are we doing those tasks? Mm-hmm. What are we hoping to actually create? Yeah, what's it in service to? Yeah, what's it in service to? That's a great way to say it. And when I got that, I got that it was in service to really helping this one particular team get connected and feel unified and really be there for each other. So we we got through the tasks, but the whole essence of, of you could say, the, the spirit of what we were doing was to really say that the end result is, yes, getting the tasks done, and as, if not more importantly, reaching this sense of collaboration and unity together. You know, Chris, this is a tremendous secret, and we really hope our listeners experiment with this. Here's, here's another example. Just yesterday morning, that sounds like a song, just yesterday morning, I wrote that <laughs> My brother and I were doing some singing up in Canada. I'll spare you anymore. <laughs> but um, I was going through the border. My wife and I were driving from Canada back to the States. And, you know, you always feel a little edgy going through the border. Right, you know? right. And I mean, we're not doing anything wrong, but... I had created a vision of being at the campground we were aiming for that night, and I was really enjoying the feeling of driving in before it got dark and being in the in the redwoods. It was an old growth forest we were heading to, so I was in that. That was my compass as I pulled up to the 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 line, the border, and the customs agent asked us some questions. And as it happened, he asked us a few more than usual, and he was prying a little bit about did we have any vegetables, and you know we're in an RV, right? Right, and right. It could have gotten a little more detailed and delayed us, but I didn't feel any anxiety. I was already swimming in the lake in my mind. I was already <laughs> enjoying the campground. And he like kind of warmed up and he said, Okay, well, enjoy your trip. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh well I mean. Now, now I want to just clarify here, I'm not suggesting some kind of magic here. It's just I wasn't anxious. Right. I wasn't focused on the task of getting through the border quickly. I was already enjoying the feeling of my goal. Well, so let's let's look at the uh, the science behind that, right? So if you're feeling really positive, you've got this this vision of being in the campground and enjoying yourself and you're carrying that with you, as we know, you're emanating that and his mirror neuron network yeah. picks that up yeah. and feels like Wow, everything's okay. Yeah, this I'm is on good. the level. I'm not hiding anything. Right. Yeah. So you know they're they're trained to be able to to pick that kind of stuff up, and clearly you were broadcasting a whole, uh, yeah uh, you know a signal that was everything's good. Yeah, I even got a little smile out of him, <laughs> which is rare for a border agent. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and I wasn't being phony in any way. I wasn't trying to manipulate anything. Everything I was doing was genuine. Just using this technique that we we've developed, and you know I think he enjoyed the exchange with me. Well, so, you know, one of the things we talk about in the, in the book and in our online course is, and you've referred to this really, is you were harvesting in advance the completion yeah. of your vision for that evening. Exactly. I'd already arrived at the campground at some, in some level. Right. Inside my imagination. And you were already enjoying that. And so, so, you know, if, if you think about, and we've both been sharing stories over the last months of ways that we've used this where there's something we want to accomplish or there's a conversation we want to have with somebody. And so we really just spend some good time, you know, thinking about what's that going to feel like, kind of closing my eyes, imagining how it's going, and mostly imagining the feeling of it. 
Right, and then just referencing back to the, the this business of completion, and again, uh, back to my recent trip, last night my wife and I lay in bed and we did something we often do, which is our highs and lows. What were the highs of the trip? What were the lows of the trip? And we really went through everything. Actually, we did it over dinner. And, you know, this was great, and this, you know, what happened there, a little bit off the rails. And so that meant that we were completing the trip. We didn't mm. have any dangling elements. I wish I'd said this. Uh, I love doing this. I wish I'd, we'd done more of it. We kind of came to a point of completion, went to sleep. I woke up this morning with so much creative energy, ready to rock and roll. I've got a week before we go to Michigan. got a lot to do. I don't feel daunted. I feel really on top of everything. I know from experience that partly, anyway, it's because we really completed this last trip. Yeah, that's that's interesting to be able to really do an appraisal yeah. after the fact. So take so part of taking action, we could say, is a post assessment. We've exactly. we've talked a lot about pre assessing people's ability. We've talked a lot about assessing in the moment, and what you're describing is really assessing after the fact to say what worked well. Uh, you know, we can bask in that. What didn't go so well that we want to learn from, and actually making note of that so that we can be complete with it. Because otherwise, if we don't do that, like you said, we don't harvest the benefit of completion because we don't complete. Exactly. We continue to carry the, I wish I had, uh, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda, as they say. Right, we don't learn. I mean, it's a sad fact that uh, what we learn from history is that we don't learn from history. (laughs) And when you look at all the repeats that go on in history, Part of it is because we don't really review what just happened and dare to be honest about what worked and what didn't work. And therefore, it gets buried. We're not really completing anything. I mean, it's it's really heartbreaking to use this example, but racism is a good example. You know, there's been definitely wonderful progress made relative to racism, but we see these monsters emerging from the closet that have never been dealt with fully. And that's one example, and there's a million of them, where we could be more attentive to say, okay, what happened here? What went right? What went wrong? What can we learn? How can we do it better the next time? Well, and if you, if you use the example you did of, of uh, prejudice and bias and racism, you know, I, I think there, there was forward movement for sure, but because we didn't really deal with the cause, yeah. with what was really going on and all of the various causes, as my friend said, it sat in the bank and accumulated interest. Oh, what you know? an image. And I think that's true. Yeah. So so now in this time when things have come to the surface, seemingly almost worse than they were maybe a decade and a half or mm-hmm. two ago, uh, it's because we, we didn't deal with them. So, you know, that, that whole idea of really assessing the current situation, but this post-assessment, where are we really? What do we need to learn? And and there's another aspect here that we... Well, if I can just interject yeah, to agree yeah. with you there. I, I think we could add something to that famous uh, saying about, I think it was Abraham Lincoln, you know, if I had an hour to cut down a tree, I'd spend 45 minutes sharpening the axe. Right. Well, what about after chopping down the tree? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Might take a look and say, well, where did it land? Yeah. Did it land where I wanted? Did I cut it in the right place? 
you know, to learn from what happened. That's generally neglected. We're so anxious to move on to the next thing. But there's really three stages. There's preparation, there's action, and there's review. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to add that to the to the next edition of the book. Oh, good. More editing. <laughs> so there's another piece that we talk about in in this chapter that and, and module that we're talking about of taking action. And it's really an interesting concept that, that, that I think a lot of us have experienced. It's something we refer to as deep time. Mm. So the reason why that came up in a, in a chapter or a module about deep time is that a lot of times we're taking action so intensely and we're trying to move so quickly. And I hear this from leaders and executives during coaching or, or you know, consulting or training sessions. We're talking about trying to improve the quality of the experience they're having with their people because that creates better engagement and retention and all these things. And they're like, I don't have time. I'm so busy. It's like, well, hang on a second. Could, would you mind if we taught you about deep time? Exactly. And they're like, what do you mean? It's like, well, it sounds pretty deep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, a deep time being that, you know, Time, as we've been acculturated in our Northern European, Western European mindset, is a is a quantity. Mm-hmm. There are seconds and minutes and right. hours and days and so on. And it's sequential. Yeah, linear, sequential, and so on. Deep time is basically focused on the quality right. of the moment, the quality of the time. And right. so, you know, really saying, okay, here comes this person. We're maybe going to only interact for 30 seconds of, of linear time. In that 30 seconds, if I really show up and care about that person and they feel it, and my hi, how are you, is genuine, and the, our exchange is something that's rich, that 30 seconds is, is worth hours. Well, Einstein described his theory of relativity that way, that, you know, relativity is... When you're at the dentist, uh, an hour seems like 10 hours. When you're visiting with a pretty girl, an hour seems like 10 minutes. <laughs> right, linear right. Linear time is very, very subjective. Now, the clock moves the same way all the time, but our experience of time is different depending on whether we're in what we call deep time or not. Here's, here's a good example. Uh, you and I had a business meeting this morning, and uh, it was funny because about halfway through, the gentleman next to me, there were nine of us there, and we're having a very spirited conversation, actually two or three at the same time. And the gentleman next to me, he, he just leaned over to me and said, I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What was it you were doing? I'm curious now. I, I didn't get to see the uh, that interaction. Well, I was taken aback a little bit, and I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, I see you noticing what everybody's talking about and interjecting, and he was noticing my facilitation. Right. It was an informal, friendly breakfast meeting, but we had a couple of newcomers there, and one of them was a young man that I mentor. I was concerned that he feel included, and I was watching him out of the corner of my eye, and on a couple of occasions I felt he was a little bit, you know, not in the loop, and I would just ask a question or engage someone else. So I was monitoring what was going on in deep time. I wasn't thinking, well, everybody needs five minutes. It right, was like, what right. What is the feeling? What's the quality of this pretty exciting conversation? And how can I contribute to it to help everybody be engaged? That was an experience in deep time. Well, it is. And, and people who've done martial arts, people who've done athletics, uh, they call it being in the zone. Right where things actually seem to slow down, uh, 
you know, my, my brother's martial arts instructor described it, that as things slow down, you're able to function at normal speed while the rest of the world around you slows down. We've probably seen that if you've ever had the, the misfortune of being in an accident of right. some kind. Things seem to go slower. So the brain has the ability to actually create a different experience of time. And part of the secret of creating deep time with people, you mentioned one of them real powerfully, feeling. Mm -hmm. The other one is being fully present. Being fully present. And one of the best ways to do that relates to breathing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of us are shallow breathers. We breathe fast and shallow. You know, simple meditation is just to you know be quiet and notice your breathing. And just let it deepen and slow down, and the sense of time shifts. Well, it's that simple. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I, I interviewed for a, a, a program one time a woman who was uh, an expert in mindfulness. She'd been studied or studied by. She studied with. Maybe she was studied by too. I don't know, but she w- had really studied with uh, one of the premier mindfulness, uh, you know, gurus. You could say. And one of the things she said was that you know we forget that physiologically slowing down and breathing deeper, slower breaths actually allows the amygdala, that fight, flight, freeze, or faint part of our brain to let go Mm -hmm. and moves us back into the parasympathetic part of our brain that's ready for, you know, quality and nurturing and and feeling and and relationship. Well, and this is, uh, there's a powerful clue in here to health, for one thing, is to take little mini breaks. Like some people will say, oh, I'm too busy to meditate. Well, there's a, something wrong with that. I mean, for one thing, what's the concept of meditation? Right. Does it mean I have to sit still for 30 minutes? I can meditate sitting at a street light, waiting for the light to change. How long is too long or too short? I mean, meditation is a state of mind. Right. So yeah. I can sit at a red light, for instance, if I choose, if I remember, and just take a deep breath. Well, breathe you know, out, breathe in, and in literally 10 seconds, I can shift my state. I'm getting into deep time, and suddenly I'm relaxed. Right. Well, and the benefit of that, so when we say relax, too, a lot of times we don't mean tired or sleepy or want to go take a nap. We mean calm, whole brained. You know, able to be in the zone, basically noticing things, being more aware, you know, all of these things. So let, let's let's connect this to, to our topic here. So we're talking about taking action. Right. And a lot of times we don't necessarily make the, the connect between our brain state, mm-hmm. which is what you were describing, right? You literally change your state mm-hmm. of being. Taking action in deep time taking action in the zone versus taking action scattered in a hurry under pressure feeling stress i mean which one of those is going to yield the best outcome i mean it's it's well we all know the answer to that yeah both sides of that coin In in a way we could make this really simple and say it's the difference between the old adage get ready get set go Versus the modern version, get ready, go. Right. We've kind of let on, let let the getting set part go, but it's really important to pause just a moment, take a breath, and let our preparation move into action on the right basis. 
Well, you know, as you're saying that, again, we're using a lot of uh, famous analogies here, but as you're saying that, just kind of this visual came to, to mind for me of get ready, that's the preparation, right? Get set, you know, getting, getting our, our mindset into that space of whole-brained, in the zone, and that go doesn't mean we abandon get set. (laughs) That's brilliant. We take it with us. In some uh, sense, we could say the get set part is where we lock in the vision. We get set with our vision, we set our compass right, and then we go based on that. Especially if we realize that that is actually both the compass, but it's also the fuel that continues to fuel our actions in league with this great GPS system that's keeping us on track. Yeah, I think it was American Express that used to say, don't leave home without it. (laughs) Yeah, You could say that the thriving lifestyle, we want our listeners to really launch themselves into the thriving lifestyle. Let's not try and act without both preparation in the sense of very you know hands-on assessment preparation and visioning and connecting with the feeling particularly of what it will feel like to get to where we're headed well and you know i want to mention because one i'm constantly saying this to clients but two you and i know this and we serve this role for each other and that is having accountability partners because thriving while it's not dependent on circumstances really it is a state of being and a state of mind we also because we're human we fall out of thriving regularly um you know we can go into survival mindset and into fear and you know fall out of deep time and become overwhelmed by manual time you know the the ticking clock and and our lists and all the things we have to do and so the ability to have people that we can check in with yeah. to regularly be you know helping each other get back into a thriving state of mind so that we're able to stay in the zone and stay on course right and let's clarify that you know when we're thriving it's not like we're suddenly perfect i mean one of <laughs> right. the key components of the thriving mindset the thriving lifestyle is being a learner right and if i'm improving right if i'm improving how i live I'm always going to be able to look back and see how I goofed. I made mistakes because today I'm more able than I was yesterday. And if I keep going tomorrow, I'll be more able than I was today. So we're always going to be looking at mistakes that we made. They're not really mistakes if we learn from them and if we don't repeat them. Yeah, they're either mistakes or they're lessons learned. And we get to decide, uh, you know, they're mistakes if we leave them behind and learn nothing, I guess you could say. Right, and I just want to shout out a little bit here about friendship, you know, the kind of friendship that you and I enjoy and a lot of our colleagues, clients enjoy where there's the established trust where we can call each other on things in a nice way. But I I always appreciate it when you kind of give me a little alert about something that I've missed. I mean, what if you didn't do that? If you didn't feel that you could do that, I would learn nothing. Right. I would repeat a mistake. You feel confident. You can say, hey, well, and I, I think pretty usually go, hey. Thanks. Well, and, and vice versa. I, I hope uh, I hope I'm inviting you to do the same. I, Absolutely. I, b- because uh, yeah, I mean, there's and this is the thing. I mean, we've worked together for s- several years now closely. There's not a time that I get together with you that I don't learn something new. Same. And it's it's it is that willingness and openness to learn and to realize that if, like you say, if I continue to learn. First of all, that's a sign I'm still alive. (laughs) 
And so, you know, what we really want to just invite our listeners to do is share your stories of, of preparation, of taking action. Of, and what you learned from what you did. And write us at thrivinginbusinessandlife at gmail.com. I'm Christopher Harding. And I'm Will Wilkinson. We sure appreciate you tuning in, and we'll talk to you again next week.